Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Goers. The Horror Film Festival will be beginning shortly. Thank you for waiting. You know, I'm really liking getting to know the wildlife of Boston. You know, it's just completely new to me. Just, you know, getting, getting used to just a whole different biome compared to Florida, you know, just really trying to get get to know what's out here. So today on my walk home from work, I passed by a goose eating oh. cheese out of a bag. And I was like, that's probably one really bad for you. Also, I don't want this poor goose to choke on this plastic, but I've heard enough about geese that I don't want to take the food away from this goose right right yeah so i'm just really at a loss as to what i was supposed to do with with that darn silly goose yeah you don't want to mess with angry an angry goose that sounds like Mm -hmm. you know time for trouble yeah it sounds dangerous sounds Mm -hmm. scary Mm. yeah i mean well i did i did go to salem last weekend oh okay speaking of but you want to know what was really scary what's that the prices (laughs) Like me Uh, and uh, me and my girlfriend went into an antique store and she saw a brooch she really liked. It was of a little metal lizard. And she's like, I really shouldn't get it. I was like, "Okay, what's the price? What's the price where it's too much? And we'll we'll ask him how much it is. If it's at that price. eh, No, we're done. And she said, twenty dollars. The person pulls it out of the case. It is a hundred and thirty dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Is it silver? So it didn't even say like how old it was, what type of metal it was made out of. Oh my it was God. also hollow. Mm. It's like Okay. I don't know. Tourist traps. Yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, well, I mean, the 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 perils of modern life just, you know. That's that's uh we're we're, we're all feeling a little scared these days. And mm. You know, nothing nothing's going to help us more than, you know, I think watching some scary movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we have a good a good setup here that was um curated for the museum and I think, you know. Yeah, I heard we I heard we had a guest curator. Um do, do you know who it is? Um I'm not sure. I heard we have somebody coming in, but I don't I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on with that. Well, I mean, well, we might as well walk Attention around this blind corner. Oh, yeah, true. Ah! Oh, g- <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Hi guys, uh, I sorry, I'm, I'm, I was a bit late. Now I lost track of time. Oh, my my phone battery died and shit. Oh, story of my life. It happens yeah. to all of us. Oh well, hello, David Neal. 
Hello. Hello, Zan. <laughs> Hi. It's good to see you again. It's, it's been really a long time. It's really good to see you. Yes, it has been quite a long time. Um, or it feels a lot longer, especially throughout yeah. this, this lockdown. Mm-hmm, for sure. I, I really am having to... I, I don't know how to exactly to come to grips with the fact that we're halfway through October. Bruh, that's... Oh, God, I know. It's insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, no, it it feels like it drags. Time doesn't exist anymore. I'm just convinced. It's actually yeah. 2030. I mean, I feel like I should be looking forward to this is like my first Halloween in New England and mm-hmm. I feel like this one doesn't even count. You know? Hmm. Okay, that's kind yeah. of fair. Yeah. Yeah, like the I'm I'm not going to get the full experience. Like no. I'm I'm expecting spookiness and I'm not going to get it. So that's that's what I'm really hoping to get out of our uh film festival here at the museum. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be something here to to give you um some spooks and scares. Have you yeah. have you watched any horror movies? Do you do you, any of you have like a I don't know, like a horror movie tradition for Halloween or no, not really. Um, when I was back in California, I would have, um, a house Halloween party and oh. everyone would try and have like a, a costume, uh, contest. <laughs> um, there was one year where, uh, a group of us were obsessed with the regular show. Nice. And, um, <laughs> I, I dressed up, um, as muscle man and had like a white glove and <laughs> 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 had, had a white glove and made, um, um wasn't it high five ghost yes yes <laughs> so like i was able to uh, i don't know if i could still do it let me try it <clears throat> like oh what's up guys <laughs> are you ready to party for halloween <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, so like, good uh, oh my god yeah, and then like high five ghost like oh yeah man let's go to high five and take some shots you know <laughs> silly shit like that oh my god that's fantastic uh. You do you do those almost a little too well. Yeah. Are you actually JG Quintel? Oh gosh. I mean, well, uh, I no, because then I didn't uh, I didn't make close enough. Mm, fair enough. This recent series he just released. That's yeah. good. It's pretty good. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. My as as far as Halloween traditions go, for me, I mean, there. I mean, in recent years, it's been rewatching Over the Garden Wall. Mm-hmm. This year, I was thinking about rewatching Gravity Falls. Excellent. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of do. I, I, I like gen. I, because I'm not a huge horror movie person. Although some of my favorite movies are monster movies and are objectively scary movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get. I guess just over the last couple of years, you know, like either I have had to work on Halloween. You know, like when I used to work at the jewelry store, uh, one time my shift fell on Halloween night. So I was there dressed as Bob Ross. Nice. Um, And then for some reason, like the the mall was having kids go through and trick or treat, you know, all the different stores. And then like a couple comes in to pick out their engagement rings and i'm you know i'm wearing a wig a fake beard (laughs) i'm wearing this (laughs) i'm you know i was not expecting to sell anything that night no oh my god and here these people are trying to pick out their their rings 
And I'm like, I just I I said, I'm really sorry. I'm dressed as Bob Ross right now. You know what? That's on them, though. Coming in to get engagement rings on Halloween night. I guess that could be specific, though. Maybe they got engaged that day. I don't know. I mean, you didn't ask the story. I mean, mean, growing up, I would always hear the story. You know me. I'm I'm an October baby. But my parents, apparently, when I was first born, you know, they took me home and it just sounds like they were exhausted and totally out of it for the Mm -hmm. weeks following. So one day they're home. I'm, you know, a few weeks old. And they get a knock at the door in the middle of the night. And we lived at the end of this very long, dark driveway. For most of the time growing up, we never had Mm -hmm. lights on our driveway. You know, there was this big canopy of these old oak trees, um, you know, that had just, you know, these like hundred year old oaks that had been in our neighborhood forever. You know, you had to drive down it. Our, you know, back then our driveway had all these, you know, potholes and everything in it. It was actually kind of spooky. I used to like go out there and pretend all the potholes were dinosaur footprints. Wholesome. And yeah, so some kid braved this, some little kid braved this on Halloween night, walked down our long, dark driveway, knocked on the door. And my dad was like, oh, my God, it's Halloween. And we just completely lost track of what day it was. So my dad gave the kid, because it was all they had, you know, because they were, you know, they were with their brand new baby. My dad gives them a can of olives and a can of tuna. And then we never got any trick-or-treaters ever again. (laughs) Oh my god, that's the same energy as the person that gave the rotisserie chickens. (laughs) Oh my god. God. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like for me... I have a few Halloween traditions and I think because after kind of trick-or-treating ends when you get to that age and everybody kind of does their own thing um I started doing like horror movies like horror movie nights in October kind of like what we're doing now where every week I would watch a different type of horror film or show or whatever and on Halloween I would usually watch a couple I've broken this tradition many times due to Mm. you know all kinds of Mm. different events and whatever but I yeah I like I I I don't know I used to just watch all types but it's odd because I really don't like horror movies but I do it's an odd relationship I haven't figured out yet but like for this for this month especially you know because I've just been working all of the time so I only get nights Mm -hmm. I watched all of the haunting of hill house on Netflix that was my thing I said I was gonna do I'm like I'm gonna watch this so I can watch Bly Manor that just came out now explain to me what that mm. is because I don't okay. know what it is. See, explain I explain it to me. Explain it to me like someone who doesn't know what it is. Okay, so, like me, mm-hmm. who doesn't know what it is. Right. So, what is it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was asking. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh my god. So what? What were we saying? Is the mm-hmm. Thrill Hill, the Thrill Hill Vault? No, that's that's Bruce Springsteen. The Thrill Hill Vault. <laughs> what? Are, what are you talking about, Joe? Oh, I'm talking about the the hill house that's haunted. The house on the hill to the left. No, so, it's no, no, mm-hmm. no. The Springsteen song is the mansion on the hill. Oh, on the left, right. So, so the so the haunting of Hill House is basically. I was so you know I've been told to watch this show since it came out. I think it came out like two years ago in, in 2018, and I was like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. But it's it's scary. It's a scary show. It's totally like a ghost story, and mm-hmm. you know, it's this. It takes place kind of in the past and the present, and there's like this family that lives in this in this old, really old mansion house in Massachusetts, actually. Oh. At least I'm pretty sure. And so it's the spookiest state. It's pretty spooky. Yeah, what's up with what's up with Cape Cod? It kind of looks like 
Kind of looks like a tentacle or something. Mm. I don't know. It's What are you doing? But (laughs) so, so yeah, it's like this, the, the whole plot is like this dad likes to flip houses with, um, the mom of the family and they, and like, she's an architect. So they, they -hmm. rent out these houses, they buy them, they fix them and they sell them. And this one in particular is just, you know, eerie and lots of different things happen and the kids start to see ghosts and it psychologically kind of impacts them. And then like you kind of flash forward between the past and the present and then the future depending. And it really kind of shows how traumatic these events have happened. And like there is clearly something that hooks you in the beginning where something really bad happens and they don't tell you what it is. They just kind of all know and the viewer doesn't know until kind of the very end. Like I think like the last like episode nine, you kind of start to figure some stuff out. But right. as it progresses, there's just more and more ghosts that come out in this house and more and more weird things happen because the characters are also seeing these like ghoulish specters outside of the house. It's kind of like, you know, you can't tell whether or not they're hallucinating it or it's real. And the show really plays on that. So what I found interesting was it's a ghost story about a haunted house, but it takes on a totally different form because it really plays you for jump scares. And they mm. work. Like, I don't know. I've seen, you know, countless amounts of B-movie, like, bad horror right. ghosts, like Paranormal Activity, how many, like, Paranormal Activity yeah. 20, you know, the New Age, whatever they're on. But this <laughs> this works because... Paranormal it- Activity is, at this point, on the same level as The Land Before Time, I think, with the sequels. Honestly, yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but for this show, it was interesting because, like, you know, I'm watching this at, like, 10 at night. You know, I have to get up super early for work and doing things for school and whatnot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm purposely freaking myself out to the point of like when, you know, there's episodes where they see these like ghosts in the hallway and you don't even notice it. And then it just kind of like happens. There's just a suspense of sound and music and all kinds of things. And they really play into it. And I remember like having to get up to like get a drink of water in the middle of the night and kind of freaking myself out thinking I'm going to see stuff because it's like, that you know it works that well and i'm like why do yeah. i do th- why do i do this nice. to myself i put oh, myself yeah, no. through so much I mean, stress it it really like i'm surprised with how much true crime stuff i listen mm-hmm. to i don't have that many nightmares about yeah. you know a serial killer like breaking into my house yeah because i mean i feel like in recent years i've been way more into true crime than i have into like horror movies and stuff but this and, you know, just the, the concept of the haunted house, which I guess this does tie into paranormal activity as well. So much of horror seems to be real estate based. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, that is sort of the premise of Dracula, where Ooh, yeah, Dracula is like the whole inciting incident of Dracula is that Dracula wants to buy a house in England. And I, I've talked about this before, but, you know, my my takeaway from when I finally read Dracula was it's really weird that this was considered such a pivotal movie for horror. And yet, um, I want to say three people with names die in this entire uh, in this entire book. Mm. So I, you know, I've I've always been a little confused by that. Oh, and yeah. And only. um. Yeah, I think only one character with a name gets killed by Dracula in front of... We we actually, you know, see that happen. Like, huh. the person that dies at the end just gets killed by some random guy. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Jeez. 
Yeah, it's a... I mean, but this, I think, horror is, you know, not meant to speak to us necessarily just by the body count. Horror is supposed to um, prod at our maybe cultural insecurities, mm-hmm. we could call it. And, you know, Dracula being a romantic novel, you know, uh, Frankenstein being a romantic era novel, um, you know, there there are ways to uh, play upon the anxieties of, you know, whatever time period you belong in. I feel like when you watch uh, Vast of Night, which is like, a, I think that only came out on Amazon Prime. Yeah, this past I heard year. of it. I I really enjoyed it, but you know, it's it's a movie that's ostensibly about aliens. Mm. But really when you're watching it, you're watching it as, oh, this is like the social awakening where the 50s are ending and the 60s are going to be around the corner. Like this is the end of monolithic, straightforward, singular narrative society. And you know, there's going to be counterculture, there's going to be outside influences, and nobody is going to think of themselves or America the mm-hmm. same way after this. And, like, that was kind of what I enjoyed about it was I was watching it, you know, because, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward plot, pretty straightforward movie, you know, and it, it got, sure. you know, some, some good reviews, some mixed. But I think it, you know, it works on that level because you're watching it trying to understand what this means about the time period that it's talking about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's, I feel like horror does a very interesting job of kind of examining different things, but Mm -hmm. using fear to its advantage. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, Hereditary um, by Ari Aster that came out in 2018, where, you know, Mm -hmm. that movie's so based in kind of the family structure and in really poking interest into that and taking apart kind of how we inherit like our parents' trauma and how they inherit mm-hmm. their parents' trauma and, and so forth. And it's like a psychological movie. And it really plays on this idea as to whether this these ghosts, these beings, whatever's happening is real. And there's right. a whole insane twist. And it's Ari Aster, you know, does Midsummer and whatnot. And it's mm-hmm. as weird as you think it's gonna get, right? And then uh-huh. double it. But that's a scary movie. But I think it's scary for other reasons beyond just, you know, the unknown aspect of it or kind of the events. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard different definitions of, like, how you separate thriller from horror, mm. you know? And I feel like horror, you know, it, it lasts with you a little longer. You're, like, you're not on the edge of the seat. You're sinking back into your seat, you know? For sure. <laughs> like, it... Every time I watch, like, like Silence of the Lambs, which, you know, doesn't have, like, a lot of action scenes, but it is so... It takes its time, and it knows mm. how to take its, take its time in a pretty effective way that I feel like I'm legitimately creeped out every time I do watch it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we watched... When we were all living together, we watched a pretty interesting roster of <laughs> movies when we were <laughs> locked in our apartment oh, uh, during, uh, during quarantine in Italy. But uh, what, what did we watch? We watched Parasite, Annihilation, mm-hmm. uh, Midsummer, mm-hmm. The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of these seemed very prophetic. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they they all somehow summed up in one way or another what was happening around us, which I thought was mm-hmm. a lot of them were isolation movies, yeah. which I thought White was definitely Yeah, oh. that movie still oh. sticks. <laughs> Oh, God. You mean the movie with three actors in it? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, four actors, I guess. But I guess whatever, so. yeah. I just steal my beans. <laughs> <laughs> God, but, I mean, but... You'll he- like my lobster. <laughs> <laughs> that that two-minute, like, long curse of this yeah. non, non, like, just ongoing just filming him was oh, <laughs> incredible. How he kept in the character. Mm-hmm. Oh, fab- I mean, know, it was a fabulous cast. But it's the man was proud of his cooking. <laughs> I'm sure it was fine for, you know, having nothing to use and then drinking a ton of kerosene. <laughs> 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 have you guys have you guys seen uh, Robert Eggers other film, The Witch, his other horror movie that he came out with? Yes, I, I did. Um, I, I saw not. it. Ooh. Uh, you need to because it's uh, been it's in New England. Oh, but David, what do you think of it? I thought it um, it was definitely different than what was expected, Mm. and how like the trailers were um, were 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 sharing it, uh, showing it. Um, I I was there with three of my other friends, and it it was to me it was like a slow burn, but I was still excited, Mm. and how they were trying to. Um, fit in with like that 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 time frame. I I, I don't remember what year what year it was. It's um, in like the 1600s. I want to say like 1650 yeah. or so. And so they were they were trying to get that dialect at the time. And um, a lot of the people in the theater were totally upset. Hmm. Our bus were like really just so interested in this and there yeah there is not it's not like a horror action they're like no very, I mean, up, very up, quick upset with the things like in the movie well i i don't think they they were not interested in the story they were just thinking like as a typical horror like like either like violence gore mm-hmm. um some like eroticism in right. there because there is the the lead who is uh who is a um an actress, uh, you know, and um, thinking like more of this like exotic of the witch attempting, mm-hmm. right? But it, it didn't have to do with like not fully that, and there were some displays of like nudity, but that was like maybe yeah. like, two, two or three scenes, but they were just really quick or at the end. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I remember when people were really upset about it. I saw it in theaters as well. I was insanely excited about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I came out five years ago. Kind of weird to think about, but yeah, um, I loved it. I really liked it a lot. The thing is, it's there's so much detail in that movie because you know Robert Eggers is obsessed with historical accuracy. That's kind of his thing, and it's mm-hmm. what he wants in um in his films. So I think a lot of people didn't like it because it's such a slow burn and it's a really genre-defying movie within horror because it's really not a jump scare movie. It's the Mm -hmm. suspense and how Mm -hmm. long it goes and the eeriness of the woods and watching people kind of go insane. Right. Yes, of them being just a couple of meters away from just the deep forest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when when, uh, both... Name was Thomas Thomason. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Thompson was playing with the playing with their baby sister, mm-hmm. and like doing the peekaboo, and then the last round, then gone, gone. from there. Gone. <laughs> you see some, oh some, some like yeah, it's yeah, just gone. Uh, the, the witch just took it. And you can, you know, what, you don't see what... the. That's what you get for playing with a baby, because that's basically what you're doing to the baby. Babies don't have object permanence yet. Man, no. You know what? <laughs> but the context behind it's not good. Yeah. Oh. No, well, I guess I, I guess I'll need to see it. You to should get watch the context it. or whatever. Well, well but... it's playing tonight, so we'll be able to oh, we'll be able to watch okay. it. Later, which oh wow! Yeah. Can't wait yeah. to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Absolutely. I mean, the theater experience of a lot of uh, you know horror movies is. You know, that that's pretty famous, you know, people, you know, sure. gasping all together, laughing together, um, <laughs> depending on the movie. But that I, that that is something I feel like we're going to be missing from movies for a little bit. Yeah, uh, the the communal element of we want to be scared together, but at the end of it, we are still together. Mm hmm. I think I think isolation as an element is something that scares me more than anything. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I mean, just the imagination just yeah expands even like quicker, and yeah, you don't have the comfort of someone right next to you. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> this summer, I did get to see Jurassic Park in a drive-in theater. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, the Tyrannosaurus. Uh, scene where he attacks in the rain while you're in the car like that was a new and very effective way that i have not yet experienced that scene you know it's different Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've heard like people you know you get into a pool and like screen jaws or something you know that's that Mm. sounds like another experience altogether i mean jaws for me though is interesting in that it is an insanely effective monster movie, scary movie. I don't know if you'd necessarily call it horror, but it is a scary movie that is very effective, and yet it rides the line of B-movie so so closely. You know, Mm. I don't think you would call it an exploitation film, which is something else, I guess, that we kind of need to talk about if we're, you know, talking about uh, scary movies right but jaws is like this is the best that one of that that a b movie can be it is a s- pretty straightforward plot wacky memorable characters you know a monster that you don't see very much <laughs> of because <laughs> the animatronics would not allow uh would, yeah. would not function but you know it has like a great cast, uh, a you know, legendary director, a legendary um composer. It it works. It's it works uh on just every level. It is very effective and it is one of my favorite movies for that reason. Mm-hmm. But it still has its toe in I think what what we would consider lower quality, less prestigious movies. For sure, yeah. I don't think I've seen Jaws full through, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I knew enough about it because of pop culture and other things to be scared of the water for a while. It's certainly one of those movies that, like, once you see it, you're like, oh, that's what that reference is from. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's I I I would recommend it. Okay, all right. <laughs> would well, you recommend the sequels to it though? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Well, let's see. There's the one where there's the one where Jaws roars. There's the but, one well, there's Jaws 3D where he breaks yeah. through the glass and it is amazing and I think I would have to recommend to anyone in our audience right now to you know uh to 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 quit listening to us and look up uh jaws 3d glass breaking. <laughs> for sure because <laughs> oh that's way fu- that is unintentionally funnier than i think anything i'm capable of saying <laughs> oh no i mean but there are humorous there are moments of levity in a lot mm-hmm. of effective horror movies you can make people feel all those different things I think, for me, a lot of, like, very, not very good jump scare type horror movies I've seen in recent years, um, you know, they're unintentionally funny to me because I'm honestly kind of bored by a lot of jump scare movies. Like, in the last few years, the only time I've really gone to see those kinds of movies in the theater have been on dates, where... I wanted mm. to see something else, and the person I was going out with wanted to see those. Okay. And neither of these uh, relationships went anywhere. But, you know, one time was while I was living in Australia, and we went to see one of the Paranormal Activity sequels. Bold. And the, the only way I could get through that, you know, movie was pretending that it was an extremely long cold open to a supernatural episode (laughs) oh my god and sam and dean are gonna bust down the door any second yeah and the other was the nun oh Oh, (laughs) no which i'm glad i saw just for the memes i think um (laughs) yeah but but otherwise i could have lived without the the nun broke me in a lot of ways it confused me so much where the devil doesn't what the devil doesn't know that this guy is french canadian which he there's a guy named frenchy in the nun hang on a second we're gonna talk about this for a second there's a guy (laughs) there's a guy in the nun named frenchy there's somewhere in eastern europe i don't remember where it's not important just okay. think Eastern Europe. There's a lot of hills. There's an old monastery. There's a lot of superstitious old women wearing veils, right? Fair enough. Um, but there's a guy, and everybody says he's French because his name is Frenchy. And it's like a running gag. He's like, I am French Canadian. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he, I, I wish he said that. Um, <laughs> and. You know, you're wondering, okay, how is this going to pay off? Right. And then later in the movie, the devil nun is like, you, you are Finnish, Frenchman. And he's like, I am French Canadian. And it's like, that's like the big, like, mic drop one liner. What? And it's like, what? They're so, so had the, did the devil also hear the, was the devil also hanging out in town where people were calling you Frenchy? Like, how does the devil know that people are confused about your nationality? And why does the devil care? Care? Right? Like, know 
why does it know it? Why does it care? I'm so confused. Um, if it, if it but, but basically, knew, I, that that's all I was thinking about for the rest of the finale. How can Never you not? mind the fact that they have a vial of Jesus's blood. Uh, okay. Wow. I don't yeah. know how they got that. But, okay, but know. I have to yeah. say, Frenchie has the one good line in the movie, which is that the priest guy is like, this is the blood of Christ. And Frenchie's like, holy shit. And the priest is like, the holiest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Every time you see Frenchie, I keep thinking of uh, the character from The Boys, which is the weirdest aside uh, ever. But, I keep um, thinking of the uh, famous Florida uh, seafood restaurant, Frenchie's. I, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, how there's a lot of... <laughs> there's so many questions open with this. See, this is like, I think, the topic of the B, the B horror movie in the kind of the modern age that is pushed out for Halloween and you kind of need it to attract an audience of people to kind of come in and watch this thing and generate tons and tons of tickets because, you know, just like you, it's going to be people on dates. It's going to be young kids who want to be like scared. And then it's kind of gone. I sometimes those things are interesting. I'm going to be honest. There's some horror movies I've watched where I was like, this was pretty good. Like, okay. This one sounds like a it's just full of continuity errors and Well you I mean you want to uh, know the most you want to know the most egregious uh continuity error of the nun. Sure. Do you really want to know? Now I do. So, at the beginning of the movie, there is a toy apatosaurus. Oh, okay. Uh that she oh. that the the, the <laughs> the woman who is training to become a nun, she's a pre-nun. I don't I don't know what you, what, what do you call Joe, what do you call someone that's not a nun in training? Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's a pre-nun. I like that better than probably what it's called. Mm, okay. I guess not a nun? Cause not a nun? I don't know. A, non, non, a, non, a non-nun. A non-nun. A non-nun. Well, like, I mean, we're all nuns. Oh, all nice. non-nuns. <laughs> um, anyways, there's a toy apatosaurus at the beginning of the movie, and it is a toy apatosaurus that i actually personally own um okay and it is posed incorrectly for if this movie was truly taking place in the 1950s or 40s or whatever they would not know that the apatosaurus would not drag its tail on the ground they didn't know that yet and they didn't depict uh sauropods that way yet this apatosaurus has its tail raised up off the ground checkmate i was totally taken out of the movie by that <laughs> toy apatosaurus oh my god zan i want to make this clear this is in line with the person that you mentioned in previous tours who was obsessed with the corn in a quiet place <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean that guy also i mean also a paleontology person fair enough um okay what what can i say we're pedantic people no, it's fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean those things matter. Details matter. You know, it's why I think yeah. I'm. I'm. You so... know, you know. Yeah, Ari Aster wouldn't have done that. No, not at all. And neither would Robert Eggers because they'd be too obsessed with the historical accuracy to like. And and we have people on set to do this. You know, that's someone's yes. job. That's like in like this yeah. is totally not a horror movie. But do you remember that really bad Three Musketeers like reboot with Orlando Bloom and an entire different cast that I don't remember. Does anybody did not see it? I mm-hmm. must have seen a commercial for it at some point. I I saw it on those like TV movies, like the the edited oh, for, like, the yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was just 
It's Isn't yeah, the guy the guy bad. that plays Serio in Serio Pharrell in Game of Thrones? Isn't he one of the Three Musketeers? Uh, I think so. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe a that's different some, reincarnation maybe. of the Three Musketeers. But, but yeah, this is the one with Orlando Bloom, and I remember that there's a continuity error that happens where they're playing chess, and I think the mm. the the king or whoever the the villain in this movie is is like playing chess with somebody, and then he gets put in check. And so he castles or something like that. Mm. And then they're like, ah, yes, he's out of check. And I remember that in the reviews, like somebody points out and they're like, ah, the historical accuracy is off because that's not how, that's not a legal move. They can't do that. So they're cheating in this game. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, people really do pay attention to these details. And like, I think sometimes it's such an easy mistake, but I get why people are obsessed with that because it really mm. does matter if it's not intentional. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for, like, you know, not needing... You know, you're trying to set a vague scene. Right. You know, a movie that scared me but is not a scary movie, like Princess Bride, that takes place in no particular time and place. You right. Know, um, can work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, you do need certain things that do set a mood. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of... Going back just a little bit, I mean, if we're sort of talking about, you know, this is something that people, you know, are going to go on dates to, you know, it's pretty stereotypical to, you know, you go, you go on a date to a scary movie, you know, you're hoping right. they hold your hand or whatever. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, there's sort of that duality of why are there, you know, famously like kind of like a lot of very sexual or sexy elements mm. in a lot of horror in like is it just you know tna to put put butts in the seat is it tna to put a's in the seats um <laughs> or oh you know God. i think a lot of horror also is you know coming off of again like i said earlier cultural anxieties you know mm -hmm. you see that in it follows i think to some extent with the violent elements you see it in alien oh know? yeah i think you know that's a you know that 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 is a truly you know that's a body horror um there are body horror elements to it but you know there is sort of like a a a, a, a sort of violation and assault that i feel like mm -hmm. you you could read into that one of my professors uh in in undergrad talked about would talk about alien and he said it's almost a perfect movie except for when they finally show the full alien costume at the end when he gets mm. sucked out yeah <laughs> and he says that is the one point where you suddenly realize it's a man in a suit oh true <laughs> true true yeah but you know otherwise an insanely effective scary elements, oh yeah you know mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is you know it's a crossover of science fiction and horror I think in probably the most effective way. Mm. Absolutely, I mean it's hunting and taking out each crew member one by one throughout the. Yeah, you're you're left with that that isolation element of of feeling alone, which is you know I I wonder how our experience of horror will change going into the future if mm -hmm. you know more and more of this stuff is consumed on our own um or you know smaller groups of people like depending on what becomes of movie theaters in the coming years mm -hmm. yeah I, I feel like right now uh, with the um 
the the either the studio or director is focusing on making like a horror film annually yeah. and just get like the youth or young adults to go in and spend their money on these uh really like i guess like sort of expensive but it's not like a, an excellent horror i think it, it's definitely like james wan's the conjuring universe which mm-hmm. the nun is part of that yeah. and i i remember when i first watched the first the first conjuring i thought mm-hmm. that was it was it was good. It wasn't yeah. like mm-hmm. a round of applause. Right. <laughs> and it's just uh, but then it just started branching out to conjuring two. Mm-hmm. Then he went to like insidious. I think that's a bit off, but uh, um Annabelle, I think was in that, then, right? And yeah, Annabelle was the, the thing. Like I I I don't I don't I did not like that at all. <laughs> it's and not good. I I, I I'm I'm afraid I I have like this I don't know I, I discomfort I'm like afraid of like uh hu- humanoid like figures dolls maybe mm-hmm. some mannequins like mm-hmm. um I I would think I'd be scared uh, afraid of that for that movie but like mm. it's just sitting there yeah like, <laughs> not doing anything like there isn't like that like little head yeah or anything it's just there and just it's staring at me menacingly but like oh, he's no. just standing there <laughs> menacingly <laughs> my god and, and i i don't know i i i i'm pretty bummed that like that's like one of the current and big things that for horror mm. that's being represented and yeah. yeah it's 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 saddening um that that you have to find like these other even low budget lower budget movies that are far more like like, fascinating it's (laughs) it's really interesting because horror is you know famously does a lot with very little when it's Mm. effective that like there are a plethora of low budget um science fiction and horror movies that like know what to show know what not to show you know to shoot around you know um something that gives you too much context i think there's a lot of people working in horror that understand that your imagination and the temptation of the unknown Mm. is so much scarier than anything that they could ever put on a screen. Absolutely. So by not showing it, you know, they leave that door open in, you know, a really, uh, in a really effective way. I think that would, you know, kind of go towards, you know, I think why the, the alien movies eventually moved away from horror and had to go to action movies, you know, they kind of became more like the Terminator movies. One, I think because of the time period and like, that Mm -hmm. was the big, you know, that was the big marketable thing. But also, like, you know, once we found out what xenomorphs looked like, and they're creepy, and they're, you know, that's that's some really amazing um, co- concept art. But, you know, the, the, you, they sort of spent their shot once they established what they looked like. I think um, Stranger Things, definitely post-season one, you know, once they kind of revealed the Demogorgon, yeah, that's that's where apart. that show that show is not kind of stopped being as scary because yeah, you know, when you when you never entirely understood because that was the scary thing you didn't know how anything in that world worked 
you had right. all of these other cues and suggestions and references to so many other things going on. So just culturally, you watch that and you understand what's going on. But, you know, as soon as you start explaining it too much, because it is the unknown that is what is frightening to us. Mm-hmm. We want to know more. And when you don't provide it, I think that is kind of the scarier thing. For sure. I think... I think they play off of your senses a lot, yeah. and that's what makes or breaks horror films um, to a certain extent because there's a lot that goes into sound. Yeah. It's incredibly important in designing the space, the atmosphere. I think it's, yeah. like you said, removing things, not showing mm-hmm. everything, and making the viewer feel displaced and questioning a lot well, about kind yeah, of what's I going mean- on. So, so like what David was talking about with like, if you wanted to make a doll scary, there's ways to make dolls scary. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Know? And it can be just that little movement that you're not even sure that you saw it move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that can be very disturbing because, you know, as, as soon as you isolate someone and you make them feel alone and then suddenly they feel like, uh-oh, I'm not alone, that is... That is just moi. That is like <laughs> something that you you can so easily capitalize oh, on yeah. for for a movie. Like just off that feeling alone. I mean, the the relief slash terror of being alone. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too. Like another interesting aspect of that is when they want to make horror movies that are like supposed to be real stories, like the found footage horror films. Yeah. Um, and that's always an odd because you know, you, you have like Blair Witch, which was trying to, you know, play into that. But then of course yeah. I feel like and Blair I think, Witch did it, you know, I mean, I think regardless of the you know, however you want to rewatch it and stuff, that was incredibly yeah. effective at the time. Yeah. I don't think we'd mm-hmm. seen a lot of that before. Real no, had it, we? I I don't remember. I mean that just helped revive the found footage mm-hmm. for like the early like 2000 yeah, yeah. well you, you know what it kind of reminded because i you know i was what when did blair witch come out Oof. 1999 okay so Damn. i was five <laughs> i was three <laughs> um so i can't speak so you know i did not see it when it came out i know it was you know a huge marketing success you know mm-hmm. that it was you know that that was part of it was people didn't know whether or not it was real Right. But to me, like, you know, there were events like that in history. There was um there's this monster that supposedly lives in like Siberia called the Mink. Okay. Um, that the hmm. the the indigenous people of like northern Russia and Siberia is basically like an abominable snowman type of thing that they say Ooh. lives out in the woods. And hmm. there were like these Russian teenagers that like went on a ski trip together and this sounds like the most 80s (laughs) horror movie plot in the world but all they all disappeared and all that was left was like their camera and there's pictures of them all having a good time being like they're in you know like a you know an 80s horror movie and then there's all these pictures of the woods and they don't seem to be of anything, but it's almost like they're trying to photograph something that's following them. Weird. And they all just disappeared, and nobody knows what happened to them. 
And like I'm get I'm giving myself chills talking about mm, it, thinking same. about it. And like, you know, when I when I saw the documentary on it, it was um, you know, very it was very chilling in a way that uh you, you know, that I that I think those types of movies want to capture. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Outright. <laughs> yeah. Like not gonna like well like that's the thing, because I think I think it's something where we kind of have to talk about like cannibal holocaust where you know the direct the the line is very blurred between yeah i did this actually happen or not well yeah and it's intentional because the director was like okay when you know the actors you signed up for this movie you're just not going to appear for a year you're going to disappear or it might have been even longer or shorter but it was like yeah we're gonna when this movie comes out you're not going to be there and people are going to think you something actually happened I mean, we're we're talking about Cannibal Holocaust. I think, like people might already know what it is. Oh yeah, good point. In case, in in the in the event that they do not, I mean, David, do you want to take a stab at uh, explaining uh, Cannibal Holocaust a little bit? Because I I have not seen it. I haven't either. Parts of it, and I have kind of like heard people talk about it in the context of art and you know, and cinema, I have never actually uh, mm-hmm. seen it. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you're correct that they had, uh, the cast did sign this, uh, these documents that they would not appear until a year later uh, from the release back in 1980. Whoa. Uh, it's an Italian film by uh, Ruggiero Diodato. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much the synopsis is like this group of um, scientists are wanting to document these uh, Amazonian tribe, and they 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 see them. the The males are violating a female, and they're trying to break it up. And then, um, eventually, they get captured by um, the tribe, and mm-hmm. one by one are eventually killing them and mm-hmm. begin cutting them up, feeding them to the the other scientists. And uh, um, with wow. the uh, yeah, the cannibal. Uh, a lot of the themes that are going on in these cannibalistic uh, films are um yeah obviously cannibalism um rape and and uh assault and that's mm. just been like a lot of that warping there also like actual animal violence um yeah. there's one scene that's very uh, controversial mm-hmm. um that they for one take they they caught a turtle mm-hmm. and killed it there and while filming it cutting it open jesus and, you just see the entire thing. Like it's just one shot of them, oh of this guy just cutting open this like, yeah, living turtle. They instantly died. Um, and like, because of how, how well it was filmed and how like the, the effects and everything, they thought it was like a snuff film rather than mm. just a movie. Right, yeah. And it's, it's been banned and it's still banned in a few countries oh, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to show it. And, um, and, God. Like don't don't yeah. they uh, they they like burn a hut down with a bunch of people inside in it? And... Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's just this violence Whoa. and um, yeah. Like there were moments where like I had to like think about like wow, like they did this really well, and I could see for this being only in the eighties, mm-hmm. like that's quite convincing. Yeah. I, if I were at, there at that time, that was this really a stuff. Jesus. I mean, you know, that's. That 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 raises so many questions because like, let's say it was because that seems to be the thing that the they they wanted to 
imply that it was real. Mm -hmm. That the events depicted happened literally. Then I think they are asking a bigger question about cinema, which is, mm -hmm. you know, we do watch, consume, read lots of media about violence and you could immediately be stuck there with your thoughts of like what what am i complicit in in what i consume and like yeah. let's say it was real what does that mean about me i mean that's those are all deeply uh would be would be deeply troubling i can't i i can't imagine seeing it in a theater i mean are we watching it tonight um <laughs> But you know, yeah, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> okay, but like, okay, to to flip this just a little bit, um, you know, when I was eighteen, I saw uh, another film, another questionable film for the first time, while I was in Italy. Oh, uh, Milo and Otis. Oh. Mm. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And you know, oh, wow. and we know that. Kittens and puppies died making that yeah. film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Were, you know, and they they threw a cat off a cliff. They put a pug up against a bear. Like, and I'm watching this with my roommates and they're like, oh, I remember this from when I was a kid and I'm just sitting there horrified. Yeah. Oh. Like, because I'm like, I don't think the CG is good enough to do this. I think they really put a... No, they I did. I think they really, you yeah. know... Put put a cat in a box and set it down a river like it's Moses. <laughs> Jesus, that's I mean these laws are rather new in cinema in terms of animal abuse and, and other and what you can and can't do. Like I remember for Apocalypse Now, oh yeah, um, you you know they had the you're allowed one take like you're allowed one shot where there's some sort of killing of an animal and that was it for the time mm -hmm. and they used it in the one yeah. in that end scene with the water buffalo and it's insanely brutal. But that's how you yeah. of a sacred deer got away with it by the entire uh, movie being one shot of them killing a sacred deer. That's what happens in killing a sacred deer, right? I don't. Oh. Uh, yeah, really? <laughs> sure. Loophole. If the, what if the whole movie was one shot of them sawing a water buffalo in half? Ah. <laughs> uh. I, you know, oh, there, there, would, there would be some, like, coked-out guy in the 70s, you know, writing uh, a review of it, talking about how it was the best uh, cinema ever made. I mean, probably, to be honest. It'd be like, this pushes boundaries, man. This is it. And you're like, does I it? Can, I, I can <laughs> see it? his lapels. Oh, my you know? God. Yeah. Um, but on, on his corduroy jacket. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the... I mean, for, for for Italians, right? Like exploitation yeah. film cinema is is its own beast compared yeah. to you know. I think you know American TNA horror teen movies. You know, like, yeah, it's its own set of issues and problems, and honestly, rules. Wow, I mean, like, well, because like obviously, in a lot of movies, there are things you still kind of don't do even... I mean, it's interesting you mentioned rules because I feel like there are some things that we just genuinely do not want to see because mm -hmm. you could talk about how they walk this line of, like, you are uncomfortable but not 
too uncomfortable. You're on the roller coaster, but you know you're not going to fall off. Like, there are some things that, you know, for, you know, uh, standards and practices rules are not okay, but also just other things that we just do not want to see. Yeah. Like, culturally, collectively, we've decided that crosses a line, and it's not even worth filmmakers pushing it. Like, I mean, uh, like, I'm thinking, like, the, the, the Holocaust movie, uh, Sarah's Key, like, mm. there is a, uh, it, it's a harrowing movie, and, you know, this is post Schindler's List, which pretty much was the most graphic, I think, uh, but, you know, there is a point at the end where you have a very young child that has died, and the camera only is on uh, the main character's face, not the thing itself. Mm -hmm. And it is a truly horrifying shot that they don't even show it. And, you know, I wonder how many degrees removed that is from all of the other footage of just, you know, people getting lined up and shot, and, you know, you see the corpses and everything. But, like, there clearly is a line there that we all kind of collectively agree on that we do not want to see. And it's not even like, oh, I don't want to see that. Don't go yeah. in there. <laughs> don't go in there. You know, um, like, not even that. Like, it is just suddenly this is not okay anymore. And this is... yeah. Um, and, and and we all sort of have this unspoken cultural agreement. Yeah, that's interesting. You kind of put it that way. Was that was that movie American? Was that made in the U.S. or? Um, hmm. I mean, it's one of the. It probably is American, but mm -hmm. it is. It's not one of those movies where you know the uh you know the the nazis are all speaking with british accents it's like okay. it's ac it's it's are actually they speaking in the languages then yeah it okay. takes place in france um so they're okay. all speaking they're all speaking french and german and it's subtitles oh, okay so there is some sort of um context and accuracy cuz i was going to bring up like yeah. son of saul with that which is mm -hmm. in its own way horrifying too and and in a similar kind of approach with camera work and how you can yeah. you but can I mean, frame like, these things I mean, okay, so, like, going back to, like, Cannibal Holocaust for a second, which, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, that to me, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about that just from the context of, like, historically what Europe, Europe did to South America, like, there's this really, um, there's that, that really horrifying, um, picture of that family um from i think pretty far south in south america they were basically abducted by some spanish uh, conquistadors and sort of brought the intention was to bring them back to europe but there's this picture of them huddled together on the deck of this ship and it is so universal their look of terror the and you know their entire tribe was wiped out you know there are no descendants of any of these wow. people but you are looking at them and i think I, it must have been the closest you could come to being abducted by aliens you know 
just mm. the 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 lack of empathy, the lack of consideration, and just the 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 technology difference, the 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 cultural difference. Just you you look at that photo and you feel you know the sadness and the horror of it in i i mean the that type of stuff was you know it wasn't totally like that's kind of what led to um like war of the worlds like you know hg yeah. wells was like well what if a uh a, a race that was superior in technology showed up and we had no idea why they came, why they wanted our land, but we were just in the way, and they pretty easily trample over us. Like, you know, that that wasn't that long ago. You know, it was yeah. recent enough that there was photography, you know? And mm, true. it is, it is a, a troubling thing that we have to bring up. I think this is, you know, in general, our kind of, what a lot of horror in the United States goes back to that everywhere you go, there was some form of aggression, the, you know, where the land was forcibly taken from uh, the indigenous people or you had slavery or both. So, you know, it's, uh, I feel like these are things that we're not always thinking about, but they mm -hmm. are in the back of our minds. And I think the filmmakers making them certainly know that's, I'm talking about the uh, the indigenous people and mm -hmm. like uh, the colonialism. There's actually a movie that just came out recently called uh, I think it's Blood Quantum, uh -huh. and um, it is about um, it, it's a zombie film. Uh -huh. And I but the actual indigenous uh, tribes are immune to this um, to the zombie virus, while everyone uh -huh. else, um, specifically in this. Uh, white people are not and they're the ones that are infected ah. so no matter how the zombies are biting the the indigenous people um like they're yeah they're and so, so they, yeah they built this community um it, it kind of goes like a time skip for like a year later when the yeah. pandemic happened. and then like how now all these um white people are trying to get in Oh. <laughs> like, help us help us and like why well, i don't know like, yeah this is, <laughs> the, the times has turned right now that mm. <laughs> and that is and that is that is such a uh, tug on your collar yeah. <laughs> oh wow that's kind of fascinating though oh god yeah oh, my god. i mean i think <laughs> i think these contexts are definitely there i think in the u.s it's why ghost movies and hauntings and these like horror films that are based in something from the past coming back with a vengeance is is prominent because i think there's a lot yeah. of unanswered questions feelings unresolved things that are you know from really terrible yeah. events and because there's such a fascination yeah. with like you know new england haunted house mansions of like you know really really wealthy aristocratic people you know, just like the haunting of Hill House, right? And there's yeah. just so many layers to different references there. But, and you know, you also get into that with, like, I think a lot of, like, kind of southern, like, gothic horror, too. Because, yeah, like, true. All you need to do is show a rundown plantation mansion. Mm, and, like, you set the scene. 
you have the cicadas going in the background Mm -hmm. you know you're just like you get you get that good southern golden hour light and like you set the stage you know pretty perfectly you know you get maybe if it was made now you'd have a little Mm -hmm. colter wall playing in the background oh true true yeah um i mean that that is something that i think it's it and on the one hand we're we're fascinated by we embrace it but also Mm -hmm. like the as as americans we you know try not to we know again there are rules of how closely we want to look at and reckon with the reality of of that um Mm -hmm. i have a i have a like a i guess almost like a hypothetical with that too so mm-hmm. I know when we were all living together uh, and we watched, after we watched Parasite, I was kind of really becoming interested in like Korean films. And yeah. I, I know David and I were talking about um, Train to Busan mm-hmm. a lot. And it's something I never saw. And I watched it when I was in quarantine. Right. Talk about a weird movie to watch when you're in quarantine <laughs> because it's about being quarantined, right? But I, I have, yeah. I think there's a question that's coming to mind now with our conversation of, do you think or do you guys think zombie films will be the same in the following years because of I think global events and sort of this hmm. reaction to things? Because there's you, more layers I, there. I, 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 I yeah. Oh, you, go, go ahead because I have I have a I have a thought, but you, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of like the, the history of zombie. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's starting with the the, the Haitian voodoo. Right, like like from the first movie, um, White Zombie, for example, that was actually. Uh, is that what is that when zombie became popularized? That was like the first, yeah, uh, cinema movie to be uh, wow. that yeah okay. to popularize zombie um, genre. Okay, and then it started from there. Then it became an infection, or oh, now is uh, an infection rather than just magic. Yeah, it, it becomes more. I think with I Am Legend, they become more like vampires. Yeah, yeah. But 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 Omega Man and I mean I I don't I don't know where George Romero fits into the timeline. Uh George George Romero, I mean, his film Night of the Living Dead. I think that was nineteen. Uh, George A. Romero's. Yeah, it was nineteen sixty. Eight, and I okay. And also, that was the time the main protagonist there was uh, was an African American, mm. and huh. so going through that, um, and then there's like the really bad ending. That, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but also like just following like the the, the yeah. zombie that they were just slow paced, like just moaning. Yeah. Yeah. But then now in the present that they're 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 ferocious, they're yeah. agile. Yeah. They're quick, quick boys. I mean yeah. the so I I heard this theory at one point and I've I've been kind of fascinated by it. I mean in, in general, right, monsters a lot of the time have a lot of rules right like they only attack at a certain time they won't attack Mm, you if you're carrying a certain talisman they can only appear if x y and z happens and i mean this goes back into ancient times you know like with rules to thwart vampires rules to thwart werewolves and all that stuff and i mean to me if like you're looking at like zombies versus vampires 
like the the slow I, I i think our idea of zombies align a lot with our like paranoias about i would say maybe capitalist consumerism like mm. this that you will be anonymized you will be still alive but you just consume don't contribute anything and you are just a part of this mass of slowly staggering taking over the world and leaving nothing um behind whereas like with vampires you know there's a similar like thing of like ooh, they're gonna take over but vampires are like sophisticated they're sexy they're you know um they are much more of a paranoia i think of progressive or liberal society that we will lose who we are by being seduced by new something new something countercultural that we will lose our way that in that way as opposed to I think the the consumerism of zombies. And I mean, this this is an extremely rough, you know, <laughs> theory. Yeah. But I can kind of see it in that. I think a lot of zombie ideas and zombie movies appear during a time when there is a pushback against that type of consumer society. And then you know you could look at at vampire stuff coming out and at time periods when you know if you're going back to the romantic era you know the the idea that our perfect society is going to be infiltrated by a foreigner who i mean you know it's not like you know dracula is not like a um he's not a zombie he's not mindless he is well read he knows all about his history he lives in a castle yeah (laughs) he wants to buy property he's Mm -hmm. rich he's wealthy but he still is a threat to middle to upper class british life because he is not british and he is not well mannered and he is not um he is not of their kind you know yeah, I mean, with the with the vampires and kind of into now, uh, Castlevania has an interesting take with that, with the whole mm-hmm. Dracula story, and in particular focusing on like it being in the I think like thirteen hundreds, twelve hundred, maybe it's twelve hundreds. It's pretty older Europe, like kind mm-hmm. of when Europe and Eastern Europe in particular was in this switch between like hardcore uh, Christianity and Catholicism, and kind of when science was on the rise, specifically in right. the East, and so Dracula is this being this creature that knows you know all of these different things that we know now so they have the you know he has this technology to be able to move things to move the castle magic is a stand-in for science and people that follow him are interested in science and they're outcast by the society at the time that doesn't believe in science they look at it as you know a a threat like you were saying so i i do think that that's a subtext that's there and it's kind of an interesting Point. And yeah. the same goes with the zombies. I never thought of that. That's an interesting, this kind of horde, yeah. the, the capitalist scene, you know, yeah. genre that it becomes. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you can look at, look at how we talk about with, with zombies and vampires, they have very clear ways to be killed, right? I mean, same, mm-hmm. same with like wolfmen, werewolf, whatever. 
Yeah. You know, they, those werewolves drinking those pina coladas and... <laughs> <laughs> Silver. That was the only song I can play on the piano. Really? Oh, Werewolves in London. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Why did I blank? I thought you were being serious about like werewolves drinking pina coladas. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do on vacation. Warren Zevon is the wolf man of rock music. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, he needed his lawyer's guns and money. Um, yeah. But OK, but you could graft, I think, those those kinds of ideas that like you know, depending on where you are in the world and there's like, what, there's the, you throw a pile of rice into the corner and then the vampire must count every grain before it can keep chasing you, you know? Huh. Vampire can't cross running water. Um, Has to be invited in. You have to yeah. invite them into your home. Like, I feel like when I hear people talk about conspiracy theories now, it sounds like they're talking about, like, vampires and stuff because they always, <laughs> there's rules they're not random everything is very perfect everything is very right. like in line and i think you know you could you can kind of just see that with with the way that we make our monsters mm-hmm. is how much sense they make um you know mm. in in a weird way like that is they're monsters but they're not random you know when the three of us you know we also in, in we, while we were also you know watching you know uh oscar winning films like parasite and you know critically acclaimed films like uh midsummer and uh the lighthouse um you know we also took the time uh <laughs> to watch velvet buzzsaw <laughs> oh god that i, I that. that i was very eager to share with you guys just because it is the temptation is was just kind of there because it is a horror movie about mm-hmm. artists. And one of the things that we really took away from that movie is that there is absolutely no pattern to the way that those people are killed slash absorbed slash yeah. Just, yeah, just disappear. Um there there is absolutely no rhyme or reason and there also is absolutely no motivation for, for, as, as to why it is never a, a clear motivation is never established as mm-hmm. to why this man is haunting his own paintings and wants to kill all of those people and it is you know it is a laughably bad movie with a stellar cast yeah uh, how how did that old man um pass die? I think just, uh, he just. I know the door was at least open. And... You know, we're never told. I think he's just random old man dying. Doesn't he just die? I feel like he just dies. He just had a heart yeah. attack or something. Maybe that cat killed him. <gasps> uh, I feel like okay. Every cat? time we every time we talk about this movie, we come up with ways that it could have been better. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very true i mean for for me just so it's on the record like i think that the jack that um john malkovich's character should have been the killer the mm-hmm. you know disillusioned older you know a fading artist you know decides to kill all these obnoxious people but you know the, the spirit the, the, of the, the art yeah, the spirit That's what of the gets art. them. The aura, if the you aura. will. 
Oh, oh, they are. They did film really hard. <laughs> what a, yeah, I mean, that movie has so many issues, and I feel like yeah. we could d- feel, get into like that I'm, on different I am, things. I am, I am diverting us to talk about <laughs> the Nun and Velvet Buzz. I'm, I'm making no, us important. talk about a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> so, we, if if you have uh, something you want to pull us back on track with i'm i'm fine with it but i will also keep complaining about Velvet Buzzsaw. well david is this is this one on the list please tell me it's not for tonight Buzzsaw? yeah is that in our movie list for, for... i mean it, it was in my vehicle i can mm. uh, but oh. i don't know okay mm. <laughs> i guess we'll have to we'll have to take an audience yeah uh, my bag in the trunk Ooh, yeah. do you have it on the do you have it on like film like I mean, we're gonna watch this on some uh 35 millimeter Oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, okay. Spe- speaking of, I mean, speaking <laughs> of film, like one thing I kind of wanted to talk about was, you know, let's let's use the word quality. When okay. We're talking about horror movies and how difficult I think that is to define. Um, you know, some horror movies being, you know, pretty low budget and cheap and like that that is just kind of a business model that they are a low investment yeah that has potential for very high reward and why just kind of so many of them are made um or at least they were once upon a time um you know we watched troll 2 um (laughs) in addition to many other movies (laughs) that i uh, subjected everyone to um, in our little friend group back when, you know, we could have screenings at our house. And one of the things that really struck us with Troll 2 compared to, you know, some of the other low-budget stuff we were watching, and even just some contemporary films, was Troll 2 has, like, some... You know, it was shot on film. It yeah. is, like... It is nice to look at. There are good shots, and there's nice lighting. and um. You know, with with any movie at one point before kind of you could do everything with, you know, kind of minimal crew, any time you saw a movie, it meant that there was kind of a minimum amount of quality and effort that had to go into it just because it used to take so many people to even make a movie, you know, right. right. And I'm just kind of wondering what you guys think and how that has changed the the quality of those movies where like even like a, a crappy low budget B movie, whatever, with, you know, no name cast, like, you know, what it what it kind of took to get all those people in the same room together to to get a story going, you know, back then versus now where, you know, it it feels like. I don't want to say the stakes are different because there's more people involved, but I feel like that does change something about the the quality of it. When you you change that bar to entry, and now you have sort of different expectations on yourself. Yeah, I I think the older look mm-hmm. of film draws you in more, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. At least it draws me in more. I think it works better than kind of digitized things do now or cgi'd effects or things that are trying 
Mm-hmm. Movies that are trying very hard to be very professional with an mm-hmm. absolute minimum budget. Mm-hmm. But because that's the thing, like, you know, Suspiria in, you know, from 1977 works very well. And that's not that high of a, bu- well, at least I don't think it's that high of a budget. And it's, it's filmed weird. Like I've seen when I watched it, it was on like the worst quality imaginable. It's awful. <laughs> And it was kind of like hard to watch, but at the same time, it was inviting because it almost feels like a home video. Right. There's something about that that it, that's very interesting to me. But like, you can do a lot, I think, now too with a low budget and make a really good horror film. But it has to be smart. You have to be kind of smart yeah. about what you're filming, what you're doing, what your cast is like, you know. Yeah. And I, I think like A24 has been kind of pumping out some of those, and they've been pretty good. And they're not that complicated like what was um it comes at night is one i think too that's i mean i didn't really like it too much but it is you know it's one set it's a set Mm -hmm. group of actors not much else is happening and Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah the thing with troll 2 it's it's weird because that movie's so bad but it's shot so beautifully it really (laughs) is so nice i mean we watched that with samurai cop and yeah. Samurai Cop looks like it was filmed on a VHS portable like movie camera, or, and, and it was a high budget movie, <laughs> which is put crazy. It past the director of Samurai Cop, yeah, but, but but with with you know, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of you know a lot of like just just for fun, like something to play in the background, like you know I'll put on like uh, red letter media videos, you know, yeah. they go through like all these forgotten, you know movies that were released on vhs they Mm -hmm. really only existed so that someone might rent them like these were (laughs) you know not intended to be widely seen widely released movies you know they're they're almost scams in a lot of ways oh wow (laughs) um but you know you can look at those and you see a certain sense of artistry at the at the risk of sending sounding pretentious but you know i am pretentious so (laughs) um i'll just own it and then I, I, I've been sort of having this this theory that I'm working on okay. um, in, in my head for like, do, do you guys do you guys like imagine yourselves giving a TED talk in the shower sometimes? Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. I too I too monologue while I'm naked in the shower. Oh, you know, it's I'm so vulnerable when I'm naked that I really have to imagine myself in a in a in a position of authority, which for me is giving a TED talk. Oh my god. Um but basically the 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 kind of essay that you know maybe it'll be in the next issue of moose or october or the new yorker or something i don't know (laughs) uh is you know there's so much fun to be had in watching bad movies with a group of people and you know especially bad horror movies because there's this effect that they are trying to have on you and you are watching them together um and laughing at it whereas I feel so much sadder trying to watch bad movies when I'm by myself. Agreed. And I think of like Neil Breen's most recent film, um, <laughs> Twisted Pair, uh... where the camera does not move because I don't think Neil has a full crew. I don't know about you guys. He definitely he doesn't. Seem, he seems like a one man band operation. And I feel like when he does that, you have to be alone with Neil Breen. 
that that camera not <laughs> moving <laughs> imagine the horror imagine the horror of being literally alone. but you know you're alone in a room with a green screen with him and maybe one or two other actors and it's something that you don't think about but you know at least in a movie even if it's a horror movie when the camera moves there's an implication that there is someone behind the camera and there's an implication of there are multiple people involved in this. When mm. the camera doesn't move and it is so static, you are just, you, you feel completely alone and isolated with Neil Breen and the one or two other actors he happens to hire. You are, again, left very alone. They're very unintentionally unsettling, you know? in a way that I don't think Neil Breen is um is is intending at all to do you know and we could we could have a whole other exhibit at some point on outsider art and For people sure. that that fail so spectacularly that they succeed but yeah no there there's there's a certain quality to like watching um you know some of these like shot on camcorder super low budget you know horror movie type things that you know just get released on uh mm. amazon prime or whatever that i don't that you feel dirtier watching because they are you don't have any sense that there is a group of people working on this you just feel like there's some pervert that's paying a bunch of people to writhe around half naked you know when they're you know getting attacked by a monster yeah, that's a very good point. But yeah, I mean the but the 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 ability for lots of different people to try different things, I think mm. that's how we keep getting new and interesting ideas for scary movies. You know, yeah. you that you get something that you didn't even know you could be scared of. I I think too it leaves it open with streaming now that people can kind of do these trial and errors with small budgets. But I yeah. I think it is a good it's an interesting observation on the static camera versus a dynamic one where, you know, Neil Breen is just setting up his camera and filming what's going on like a school project, right? Like it's, yeah, it's very much, I, I firmly believe he's, it's just him and maybe he has a friend helping him out sometimes. I don't so, know. Someone, he, he has the camcorder on a tripod and his friend just has to hit mm. cord. But then you can also, exactly, but so you could use that in such a different way. Like Cloverfield, you know, used the camcorder yeah. as the, the filming itself. The, right. the person I mean, is filming. I would, I mean, I know, I know we're not supposed to talk about him, so I'll just say this and we can immediately move on. Okay. But I think Chronicle is pretty effective. We don't have to talk about, I'm just saying we don't have to talk about Max Landis, but... And I we don't. can just move. We can just move on with our lives. Fair enough. Oh, he's he, he's rem- canceled. Oh, okay. We'll just leave at that. <laughs> <laughs> but Chronicle is something that I think uses the the camcorder found footage security cam thing effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, you know what? Speaking of of weird kind of, I think different means of filming. Apparently, I don't know much about this, but it's been passed along to me that apparently, like Netflix is coming out with like a social distancing movie where the whole thing is filmed on like zoom or uh like a film for the ages yeah and like i don't know we don't have to talk about that too much but i was just kind of curious like imagine you know 
later on you're watching this with a group of people and you're just seeing that the mm. isolation represented so literally huh yeah i i actually watched um a channel that was reviewing i it might be the same film but um yeah they were doing they're doing like a seance uh, oh. trying to uh speak to like uh, whatever possible ghost that's in the houses of all these uh um uh-huh. while on zoom mm-hmm. <laughs> and um it's a short film and it's like not barely even like an hour Mm. um Mm. but like yeah just how like how the only cameras are the web cameras from the laptop that's that skype one right that skype movie that came is that that unfriended (laughs) yes Oh, how do? Yeah, oh, that's no, it. Okay, is it not that, that one? one? But then there was another oh, one. There's oh, also okay, another okay, one. Okay. Oh, but I, that that just reminds me of that too. Now, oh wow. Um, <laughs> no, but it's it's the entire film is just a Zoom. Like, oh, oh, weird. A Zoom chat or social hmm. chat, and um, um, yeah, eventually it's that typical like kill off, like one person as they forgot to end the ritual to close like this portal oh. of whatever ghost hmm. like how yeah just like the webcam on the laptop or computer is the only way they've seen this one image of the person and whatever uh, space whatever room they're in hmm. um, and I don't know maybe yeah because like, that's yeah. becoming like the common thing now since we are doing these Zoom meetings or Google yeah. meetings um, like how can we extend more it was really short yeah. um, but it was still interesting like, well yeah you like, kind of wonder how you have to, how you can extend that premise i mean you could maybe go in a direction that and i mean again this is real life so i don't want to you know conflate it too much but like you know as we like w- with the the documentary don't fuck with cats oh yeah where you yeah. know <laughs> the the true horror of that and i think where it is you are realizing something about the internet which i think we've more of realized now but like in sort of that sense that our innocence was lost at one point with the internet Mm -hmm. that you can watch someone do something you now have so much access and intimacy with someone and you can be so you you can be looking at them through a camera lens in a way that suggests you are close to them. Like the, your, the camera's eye is your eye. Like that, that, that's all that, that we, you know, as, as long, as long as we've had cameras, we've been talking about how the camera takes the place of your eye and implies a certain closeness, you know, maybe what is to be explored there is the closeness and helplessness that being able to, live stream or record and then post later something real and horrific like in don't fuck with cats you know where he's filming himself doing these awful things and you are trapped in a way because you're watching it and because you know it's real your impulse is to help but Mm. you cannot yeah and your your um your own uh passiveness is the thing that starts to give you anxiety. The fact that you cannot stop what is happening. Mm. That that type of horror movie that we're kind of talking about, this this kind of hypothetical direction they could go in, I could see it, you know, maybe going 
in that in that direction. For sure. No, and I think it's I think it's something that we is kind of left up to the future and as we see how the the genre moves and I think you know, like we were talking about horror really does in different areas and in different times kind of I think capture these ghosts and ideas if you will of contexts and horror and and just in general horrible things that happen within those contexts and bringing it out in a in a different light whether it be through um a haunting or a zombie film or some sort of serial murder that's been killed and i think it develops over time and it changes i mean we've seen that change from kind of tna movies to you know hereditary midsummer the witch these that become these more complicated films that aren't just so straightforward and for cheap you know cheap thrills cheap scares and so i think it's interesting to see how things are being going to be pushed and how you know maybe it does become the literal computer screen and that could be an interesting kind of like you were saying with don't fuck with cats it's an interesting way to take it Mm -hmm. without it being so exactly as it's trying to be shown but I, I, I guess, think yeah, but like what is what it the, the question I think will remain because like with a lot of horror movies, you know, you do arrive at some sort of catharsis eventually. Yeah, they have they have to let you down in some way. Um, like, you know, which is, you know, I, I think like I think there are movies that deliberately don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certainly exceptions to that rule, but like, you know, there are. I guess your you, my my question would be is what do we want to get out of that? Yeah. As as viewers just just culturally. Like and in this in this era where we are already isolated and you know like what is what are our fears anymore? You know, we're because mm. we live in a reality where like you know uh a significant portion of our country is on fire. Uh, we have, we have a, an apathetic, self-obsessed president. Um, we are, you know, that there's, there seems to be authoritarianism creeping up all over the world. And on top of all of that, there's a global, uh, pandemic that, you know, in some parts of the world seems to going away and then it's coming back and in other parts it's just it's going and people don't want to address it like i don't know what what those ingredients will do to this horror stew this is the scary Mm. stew (laughs) yeah no i i think it's a big question um but if you add some liquid to that scary stew it becomes spooky soup Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Do we have any of that? Is that a thing um, that we made for the event? You know, s- surprisingly, Joe, eating hot soup during a horror movie marathon is a really bad <laughs> idea. I found that out last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe popcorn is, is still best. One one thing, I, I guess, we get negative of like these big studios. Mm-hmm. Um, are bringing back these classics. Um, oh yeah, for example, like the Wolfman, mm-hmm. Dracula, the Mummy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had this era of like in mm-hmm. the late '90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s, with like the Mummy. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolfman. 
and how they're they're hoping to like I don't think they they should like reboot or remake this like yeah. dark universe for example um, universe. is is oh. dark, is the dark universe thing still happening? Uh, yes, yeah. actually, um, earlier this year they released uh, the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. and um, mm. I have yet to I have yet to see it, huh. um, but it's been getting it, it got like compared to Dracula Untold. Yeah. The Wolf Man and the new mummy with Tom Cruise. I mean, those were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, (laughs) there's a lot been said about remakes, but like, what? And kind of this this idea right now, which I think is kind of false because I think most of the movies that I hear people talking about the most have been kind of, you know, don't that that have been important in the last couple of years don't necessarily follow this formula. But right now, the going logic is you need a um, you need a franchise to sell a big movie. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, why are they going after those monster movies? And I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious what what your thought on that is because these movies don't seem to do that well like compared to mm-hmm. marvel movies and you know the, the studios that have that figured out i feel like i sit in the theater or i used to sit in the theater and watch trailers and just immediately know the stuff was going to flop and nobody was going to see it and a lot of them were kind of these monster movies where they really were trying to sell themselves as this isn't your daddy's frankenstein you know Ugh, this yeah. isn't your daddy's wolfman I, I I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of I'm I'm curious what you think the the reasoning is for like wanting to reboot all of these. I I feel that uh with like them bringing back these older movies they are want like the visual of like the the cosmetics to apply like the makeup and all this from like the old classics. Mm-hmm. They want to have something with the blend of mm-hmm. not only the practical effects but with the CG mm-hmm. and have like more of this like cinematic feel um maybe closer to a realness even though it was everything was real mm. for the filming of the older mm. uh, films but like something that like oh like there is like the myth the myth of like the of like the wolfman or the right. uh, um what is it the thing from the black lagoon was it? oh the, uh, the creature from the black lagoon. creature excuse me yeah I'm, I'm mixing yeah the creature i'm like filmed in florida uh, huh <laughs> oh really <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it, i feel it just it's going back to like these uh myths these lore that's been told like from all these different cultures mm-hmm. wanting to bring that back um not only from then but like now and for like uh the youth and to have an idea and see that rather than just looking there. And of course, just wanting to make more money for the studio. Yeah. But I mean, it, it strikes me as a a lack of confidence in kind of, and I'm not going to pretend that those movies themselves were wholly original because almost all of them were based on some other previous property book, whatever, some Mm -hmm. other concept. And they had multiple people working on them. But to me, it strikes me as like, you know, like if if you were going to remake, you know, one one of these uh, pretty iconic, you know, monster movies or something like, 
you're i don't know um the, the, it's been said over and over again that they're that they're acting like they're out of ideas but is that the reason they're out of ideas or they just have no confidence in anything that doesn't that isn't already tried and true the thing i think about a lot as someone who's a fan of dinosaurs and a fan of jurassic park but you know i pretty much don't like any of the sequels to jurassic park (laughs) um but i you know i feel like that in one in a lot of ways kind of ended people making dinosaur movies because everyone decided okay well this is the best version of a dinosaur movie that we've ever seen so now every dinosaur movie that comes out afterwards is going to get compared to Jurassic Park in some way and now everyone's kind of afraid to make dinosaur movies like what there was dinosaur that Disney made um you know there there were a couple of things post Jurassic Park there Uh you know a couple of properties but like you know Mm -hmm. i don't see anyone like trying to reboot dinotopia no (laughs) Um, or wanting to make like a here's what i could see them doing though i i had this theory while i was sitting in the theater for um jurassic world 2 uh age age Mm -hmm. of transformers age of extinction whatever movie that was called I was in the th- <laughs> I was in <laughs> uh, I, w- I was in the theater with my ex-girlfriend watching it and she was having a way better time than I was. Um, so you know I could you know I could I could only wish to you know have been watching that movie as her, I guess. Mm. And I was just watching it thinking, wow, this is a piece of shit. But it dawned on me, oh, I know what they're doing because like I had a little bit a little bit of hope after Jurassic World. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of into Jurassic World when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I was excited. I was, my butt was in the in the theater with everyone, and I was excited to see it. I was like, oh my god, there's a new Jurassic Park movie, and I was like, this is better than The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3. No subtitle. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3... <laughs> Col- uh, Jurassic Park 3 colon yeah. no subtitle needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the T-Rex with the Spinosaur. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about jump scare. Jesus, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But okay, okay. I had this thought because uh, I thought they were like, okay, Jurassic World they're going, this, this has the potential to open up into something this is they're going to take it beyond where Jurassic Park uh fell off where Jurassic mm. Park's mistake was that after the first movie they kept them on the island right you know that they never um they they never took the next step so all of the Jurassic Park sequels are just rehashes of Jurassic Park right mm. yeah and then this yeah. new movie that ends where you thought it was going to begin which is the dinosaurs are now loose in the world and we'll see what they do with Jurassic Park 3 but I was just sitting there like, this is so stupid. This entire plot makes no sense, does not jive with anything else going on in any of these other movies. No, nothing is right. I could, I could talk for hours <laughs> as to everything wrong with this movie. It feels like Jurassic Park written by Michael Scott. 
oh, now from the office. And like <laughs> Dwight is just there in the corner. Dwight isn't contributing anything to the story, but he's just telling Michael random dinosaur facts and Michael's <laughs> typing them into the computer. Um, and I had this thought. I was like, I know what they're doing now. They're going to power through three sequels because movies can't exist on their own anymore. Don't you guys know anything? <laughs> movies, ha- <laughs> movies have to be part of movies have to be at least part of a trilogy. Um, oh they're going to power through these three Jurassic World movies mm-hmm. and then they're going to wait. They're going to wait a couple of years. Not that long. I, I, I'm going to say. I'm going to I'm going to say two two years after Jurassic World three comes out i don't know maybe two or three years and then i think they're going to reboot jurassic park and they're going to want to do it kind of like what david's saying is they're going to be like okay instead of mostly puppets and a little bit of cg we're going to do the best cg which is i don't know whatever 2023 (sighs) cg looks like yeah you know you know, there's probably hopefully we'll be over the whole blue filter thing by then. Never. You know, maybe we can leave that. Blue behind. ice is here to stay, man. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we why can't we leave that in the last decade? Because how else are you going to get that urban grit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, so I think I think they're powering through these very lazy sequels that mm-hmm. are that are clearly going to make them money every time they oh, release yeah. them they're going to make money oh, i absolutely. think they're going to reboot jurassic park i think I, that is the impression i got from how lazily put together the the jurassic world sequels have been that they are they are just they're like they don't even care they're like they're they're like just just get just let's just fast forward a little bit we're gonna remake jurassic park and it's gonna make us mm. so much money oh god yeah that, now that's but true anyway, horror yeah true true <laughs> horror is them remake trying to remake jurassic park yeah. you know <laughs> oh gosh yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> i mean at least we're kind of past the point of like gritty reboots thank god that might i there's probably a few still in the chamber you know that hollywood made you know a while ago and they're still pumping out but like we might be past the gritty reboot into this strange new decade mm-hmm. let's hope so i don't want bambi you know bambi unchained yeah exactly i don't want that <laughs> i don't want that made although it would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that Saturday Night Live skit from many years ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh my god! Oh, come always dumping. But anyways, attention all moviegoers! The horror film festival is about to begin. Please take your seats and have your tickets ready. Thank you for being well, we patient. Well, probably should go catch that the movie. It's about to. Oh yeah, pop we've got this, this whole audience behind us, ready yeah. for us to start should probably, showing the movie. Oh, yeah, we wow, should probably wow, let the wow, line wow, in. Wow, wow. Yeah, She's yeah. Stumped. Well, Mercy. yeah. I mean, as always, we hope it was worth the wait, worth the price of admission today at the Uncanny County Museum. We're very grateful today to have our good friend and guest curator David Neal on with us. Um, David, if people want to find you uh, and your art after hours at the museum, uh, where can they find you? 
that is still like under construction. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be working on the website as well as an Instagram account. But for now, if they want to follow, I mean, they could go on Instagram at duck underscore wheat. All right, and then someone, and then oh, how spooky! You'll be followed. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A number. <laughs> that new additional <laughs> and if uh and if you want to follow me uh i am at xanasaurus and for me i'm at josemino art and we want to thank you again for uh coming tonight to this very spooky uh visit to the uncanny county museum i've been zan peters and I've been Joe Semino. And I'm David Neal. Bye. Bye.